Shalom and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. <laughs> We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. now for our happy ocean news. Okay, so this ocean news actually came to us from 12 Tides, which is cool because today we're talking about kelp and they're all about kelp. the kelp. Yeah, so, 12 Tides. Thank you, 12 Tides. I love it. So they posted today that as of a article dated April 21st, 2023, the University of Leeds in the UK has had a breakthrough and um, has turned an invasive seaweed species from the Caribbean into a compostable plastic wrap. Oh. I know, and it has the potential for mass production. Wow. I hope they get on that quick. That is cool. That's because cool. Because not only is it, because, you know, still sometimes I don't know much about, well, kelp until I did this research for today's episode. <laughs> but you don't really know, like, oh, well, is it okay to be harvesting so much? But it's invasive. Yeah. So it's perfect. It's helping everything. It's both problems. Yeah. And it says too, um, it's got the properties to transform the whole supply chain into huge quantities every day in like restaurants around the world. Wow. So huge amounts of this of stuff. Just yeah. imagine our future if like, this is what it is. You know what I mean? Instead of like, whenever you look at like in 3030 and it's like, everybody's living in giant apartment buildings and it's all cloudy and red and there's no animals and the earth is dying. Like that's what we thought it would be in the eighties. But imagine what it could be like in 3030. If like we're going out to local organic restaurants, our food's wrapped in kelp. There's more birds than there used to be. There's more fish than there used to be. There's more sharks than there used to be. Everybody's happy. Do you know what an ego Archie or what is it who design architect eco architect yes have you seen in like Singapore and this is my dream like those depictions and drawings of when they have just like it's a big building but it's full of plants and solar panels and like vertical farming yeah 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 that's the future I like that future it's one that I would want to live in same you're welcome children I will never have yeah (laughs) enjoy that no one there's eight million of us anyways <laughs> yep no, no. so i think that ties really really well into what you're talking about today it's perfect because yeah. today we are learning all about kelp 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 we talked a little bit about kelp yeah but i'm really excited to learn more this is going to be a lot about kelp i am bringing it out <laughs> it was actually more fun to research than i thought it would be because i just this whole this month I just wasn't that excited for it. Like, I love megafauna. Like, Mm -hmm. I want a big-ass animal. I don't want to, like, I'm never, like, oh, like, oh, it's a cute flower. But I'm not, like, oh, I want to look at this flower. Look at the petals. It's so beautiful. Look at that color change. You know what I mean? We're not not plant person. Yeah. Yeah. We're not plant doctors. Yeah, but kelp is actually really, really cool. I'm so glad. I felt the same way this month. I was, like, we each found one really cool plant. Uh Uh-huh. And we had to dig for these other things too. And you think, because there are so many different ones, but fun fact, uh, kelps are not actually considered plants. They are considered instead to be extremely large brown algae. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) First fact. Interesting. Many different species of kelp make up kelp forests. So there isn't just one kind. There's many, many kinds. Of kelp. Of kelp. So all I know is giant kelp. 
Uh, giant <laughs> kelp is the one I'm probably going to talk about the most because it's probably the coolest. Yeah. And it's the most well-known to our American listeners mm-hmm. like us. So, um, fun fact, some kelp species can measure up to 150 feet. That's 45 meters long. That's big kelp. That's big kelp. <laughs> Um, if it's living in ideal physical conditions, it can grow 18 inches a day. Oh, damn. That's a lot like that giant water lily that I was talking about. Exactly. Like, you can watch it grow. You can just, yeah, sit there for a day and watch the difference. Weird. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It kind of creeps me out. Me too. It reminds me of those old like stop motion, like what was it? The Photo. secret garden yeah. back in the day uh-huh. where it's like all the plants were growing way too fast. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so kelp forests compromise one of the ocean's most diverse ecosystems. Many fish species use kelp forests as nurseries for their young, while seabirds and marine mammals like sea lions, sea otters, and even gray whales use them as shelter from predators and from storms. Gray whales? Gray whales will hide in the kelp. Isn't that adorable? That's adorable. Uh, They grow along 20% of the world's coastlines, which I didn't imagine it to be that much. Me neither. 20%. You know what? I'm fifth of the world's coast. Yeah. I thought a lot more would be marshy mangroves or sand. In my mind, I just thought sand mangroves. I guess when I think kelp, I only think California. Yeah, the West Coast of yeah. the United States. Me too. Huh. Yep. 20% of the world's coastlines. Uh kelp forests are found throughout the world, including along the west coast of North and South America, the southern tip of Africa and Australia, and islands near Antarctica. In North America, kelp forests are found on the Pacific coast from Alaska and Canada to the waters of Baja, California. Together, kelp forests cover over 20% of the world's coastlines and about, um, that equals to be about 570,000 square miles. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of kelp. That's a lot. Well, it should be a lot of kelp. Yeah. Are you going to talk about how much there actually is? All about kelp. Okay. Well, that's how much there is. That's amazing because yeah. I feel like it's in danger and there should be even more. Yeah. Imagine if there was even more. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So we still have, we have enough kelp, but we still need to protect it, obviously. Yeah. But there's okay. enough. It's not going to like be gone tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I thought, yeah, we were like. Because everybody's like, oh, they're in danger. You know what I mean? Because of when we talked about way back in the day um, about the purple urchin episode. And we are going to talk a little bit about that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the urchins are eating them. But when you hear the rate of what they're eating them compared to how much they can grow, it's pretty good. Huh. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, so kelp does need cool water. That's why we don't have it out here in Hawaii. Um, in general, kelp thrives in water that's kept between 42 and 72 degrees Fahrenheit. So cold. At warmer temperatures, uh, seawater's ability to hold valuable nutrients quickly plummets. Uh, kelp needs nutrient-rich water to survive, restricting the seaweed to cool coastal waters, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Like out here, it's kind of There's not a lot of nutrients in the water compared to, you know, California. Yeah, right. Under ideal conditions, like I said, it can grow over a foot in a single day. Um, For the giant kelp, uh, Macrocystis prefiera, (laughs) a single kelp can produce hundreds of kelp fronds. The kelp equivalent to leaves is called a frond. Um, Individual kelp fronds can grow to be over 100 feet long allowing this kelp species to sit comfortably below the Earth's surface while reaping the benefits of the sunshine above. Aww. Just little sun worshippers down under the sea. I love kelp already. Isn't it cute? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so giant kelp is harvested from kelp forests and used as a binding agent in products like ice cream, cereal, ranch dressing, yogurt, toothpaste, lotion, and more. Why don't we know that? I don't know. It's probably not under the word kelp. Yeah. You know, I even found um, 
a t-shirt company that makes things out of kelp which i sent to you i think yeah a couple times we're yeah. gonna get those t-shirts definitely we'll report get back yeah <laughs> uh so uh like we were talking about it can be farmed as a crop for all those products uh globally kelp aquaculture is part of a six billion dollar seaweed farming industry six million dollars billion in kelp we should get into kelp with a b um kelp <laughs> is typically grown near the coast on a series of ropes called long lines Instead of building holdfast on the ocean floor, the kelp grows off of the floating ropes. Other uses for kelp, um, it can be harvested for shampoo, I already said toothpaste, uh, lots of different foods, um, salad dressings, puddings, cakes, even in some dairy products and frozen foods. Um, it's even used in some pharmaceuticals, so it's in some drugs. Algin, which is a sugar found in kelp, is one of the unique components extracted from the seaweed uh, for use in products as an emulsifying agent. In California alone, between 100,000 and 170,000 wet, 170, wet tons of kelp are harvested each year. That's a lot of kelp. That's a lot of kelp. Yeah. I'm still really surprised that it's found in so many things. It's so many things. Huh. Yeah. I guess I thought it was like an untapped, like only the health food nuts were eating kelp. Yeah. No, I figured like when I'm eating like my seaweed chips or something. Exactly. You know, like, oh, yeah. that's the only time I eat kelp. No, it might be in your toothpaste. I hope so. Yeah. It's the emulsifier. Okay, so kelp can calm stormy waters. Uh, together, the many kelp fronds that make up a kelp forest can help put the brakes on incoming waves, so similar to mangroves. As waves roll over a kelp forest, the densely packed seaweed creates drag, sapping, during, uh, sapping some of the wave's energy as it passes through. During storms in particular, kelps can help protect coastlines from the full effect of the ocean's waves, uh, slow, slowing down coastline erosion. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Yeah. Just slow just your like roll. In water mangrove kind of. Yeah. Just mangroves, yeah. but submerged pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Blake and Chelsea here. Want to bring the magic of Save the Mermaids into everyday life? If you're visiting the island of Oahu, then come diving with us. I am a PADI certified mermaid instructor and offer mermaid classes from ages six to adult. If you've ever dreamed of being a mer person, these classes are a great way to learn safely, try a tale for the first time, or deepen your existing skill set. Learn breathing techniques, mermaid tricks, how to swim in a tail in monofin, and more. You'll learn some ocean facts, conservation tricks, and spend the entire time smiling and making other people smile too. And if you're looking for a deep sea adventure, come on a pelagic shark dive with me. I'm a dive master and shark safety diver for Go Adventure Hawaii in the iconic North Shore town of Haleiwa. On this two hour tour, we will free dive with some of the top predators in the ocean, such as the Galapagos sharks, sandbars, tiger sharks. But remember, this is a cageless shark snorkel, so you must be comfortable in open water and deep sea conditions. Can't dive with us in person, but still wanna show your support? Then please go to www.mermaidconservation.com, click on the episodes tab and click on the support the podcast button to donate or write us a review on our podcast page of your Apple podcast app. We really appreciate your continued support that allows us to bring the magic of Save the Mermaids to you every single week. We truly could not do what we do without you. I hope that you enjoyed those commercials. <laughs> and so now we're going to talk about kelp lacking roots, which is how we can farm it really easily on those ropes. Um, so they don't have roots. In fact, they don't grow underground at all. 
Instead, each kelp attaches to a rock or other solid structure using a hold fast. It's a ball-like mass of kelp tissue that anchors the kelp to the seafloor. So that's kind of fun. That is fun. I hope, I'm really excited for the reproductive part of this. I don't think I did. Did I do that? I'll figure it out. Okay. It's somewhere in, I've, I've, I did these notes like three weeks ago. That's okay. I don't this, even remember any of this. This is just an intro to kelp. This anyway. is an intro to kelp. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they use gas-filled air sacs to float. That's why they're in an upward structure rather than just everything will bloop in itself on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, kelp forests stand tall thanks to their floating gas-filled bladders known as pneumatocysts. Uh, these gas chambers make kelp fawns buoyant, allowing the seaweed to grow upright towards the ocean surface where kelp can receive more of the sunlight that it needs to proliferate. So they grow up. Smart plant. Smart plant. <laughs> uh, they form natural rafts. Uh, when strands of kelp break loose, they have a tendency to clump together and form floating rafts. The raft along uh, with the 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 raft (laughs) along with small sea creatures it carries uh, can travel hundreds of miles bringing species to new places scientists have even documented the arrival of kelp of a kelp raft in antarctica carrying a bundle of non-native species generating new concern over kelp's ability to spread invasive species to new habitats because they all are safe in their little kelp bubble oh yeah yeah uh, kelp forests are particularly susceptible to underwater heat waves because, like I said, they can't survive past 72 degrees, which is pretty cold. Yeah. I, like when you're in 72 degree water, you know it. Mm-hmm. Um, warmer water carries less of the nutrients kelp need to survive and puts added stress on the seaweed's metabolism. I hate it when I have a stress metabolism. <laughs> Uh, During a particularly long underwater heat wave between 2014 and 2015, Northern California's kelp canopies declined by nearly 95%. So that's what you were hearing which is a ton, but Mm -hmm. our numbers have gone back. Um, Climate change is expected to increase the frequency of those underwater heat waves, putting the future of the world's kelp forests obviously at risk. Uh, The other thing that can really mess with them is going to be those sea urchins. They can destroy entire kelp forests at a rate of 30 feet per month uh, by moving in herds. So they move in herds. That was such a crazy episode. It's a crazy episode. Definitely go back and listen to zombie urchins um, if you have not. Uh, But yeah, so they move in herds. Just imagine a herd of zombie urchins. That's so creepy. Yeah, but that's why we need to protect your favorite animal, the sea otter. Because sea otters play a key role in stabilizing sea urchin populations so that the kelp forest may thrive. So they're just floating in their kelp and they're actually doing their job to protect it at the same time. Save the otters. Save the otters. Uh, Though rapid growth rates do help them recover quickly, kelp forests are still considered to be threatened by multiple sources. Even as large underwater forests of kelp, uh, brown marine algae seaweeds are declining by roughly about 1.8% annually. So it's a slow decline, but it's still happening. Yeah, still But if we just stopped it, then they would just explode quickly, you know? And then all of the otters would have so much snacks. Ah, I want that. <laughs> um, ways to <laughs> kelp. Ways to kelp. <laughs> <laughs> so I look up ways to help kelp. Help kelp. It's so fun. It's such a good word. It's such, and you can use it in so many ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, supporting green policy. The number one threat to our kelp forest is rising ocean temperatures so definitely checking out only one they're a really good source for finding all those things that you want to sign and help protect them yep 
Uh, being a responsible diver, if you're diving in areas where there is kelp, uh, buoyancy control, dive cleanups, and removal of invasive species are ways that you can get directly involved. Um, you can also get involved in kelp restoration. In California, scuba divers are able to get involved in a variety of activities to monitor and uh, restore our local kelp forests. So you can just go to your local dive center and they'll usually give you a bag and a clasper for zombie urchins. And then you just go collect zombie urchins. I really hope every diver in California is doing that. Me too. I really like, want to You're that. already out there. So just pick it up. It's like picking up trash on your hike. Yeah. Just grab an urchin. Grab an urchin. <laughs> Um, so these are a couple of things that I looked up that were in California specifically, because you can, of course, do this in Washington and Oregon and along Canada, but I figured California is going to be the largest amount of people to hit all at once. And not a lot of people want to scuba dive in Washington or Oregon because it's even colder. Yeah. Um, but so Reef Check California, this organization relies on volunteer scuba divers to survey the local kelp beds and marine life. It's a terrific program for local divers who have earned their advanced scuba certification. Uh, there's also Patty's Project Aware. Um, it's a Patty-based foundation that's dedicated to ocean conservation. On their website, you can sign petitions, uh, make donations, and find citizen scientists volunteer opportunities with your local dive center. Last but not least, there are kelp restoration courses. Um, some California dive centers offer kelp restoration courses that will give you the skills to participate in their conservation efforts. So you're not just scooping up urchins. Sometimes you get to like plant kelp. I want to do those things. Go help kelp. Go, go kelp. Yeah. <laughs> so the two people that I really wanted to shout out were 12 Tides yep. um, because we, they have snacks and Blake loves snacks. And anytime you're eating a seaweed chip, you just feel like a mermaid. You can't you help it. Totally do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so they do a lot of, you know, protecting kelp because that's what they're harvesting too. So they're harvesting it and protecting it for futures, which is really awesome. Yeah. They have a ton of initiatives that they roll out all the time. So much cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then on top of that, only one is a really good place to go. If you just are like, I want to sign a petition, but I don't know which one only one has like 80 if you join their little thing they'll just send you the most current ones that you're you would probably be the most interested in yeah and we know that every little bit helps yeah and you can create change doing those things every name means something on a petition oh oh you're important thanks so much for diving in with us today Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids! Mm-hmm.